This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. You're watching Splash Pages, powered by the Dorkin and Podcast Network. We have an awesome show scheduled for you, as always. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard. And uh, I, I see you there, Drew. I wasn't doing anything. It's just you say the same thing every show. It's really easy to pantomime. Uh, so. Well, I mean, you, you say the same thing, then you don't fuck it up as much, you know? Sure. Oh, I'm Drew. And um, and uh, hold on, let me just... Hi, I'm Drew. I'm, I'm also working with Leo. I'm not behind the keyboard, but I'm one of the people here on Splash Pages. We got a great show lined up for us, and we got a, a great uh, creator here for us. He's an illustrator. He's a really chill guy, you know, all around general nerd, you know, just smiles aplenty, aka, you know, uh, aka the daywalker himself, Mr. Frankie Washington. <laughs> Man, with an introduction like that, come on now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they pulled me into the night. They pulled me in. <laughs> Trying to get my beauty sleep over here. What are you guys doing? <laughs> well, you know, listen, listen, it's fine. Listen, coffee is made for exactly these kind of purposes. So you know, you know what we should do? We should do the remember the what's that? <laughs> you just scary movie that shit. Yo, Duke, pick up the phone. Hello. What's that? Pick up the phone. What? And just say, what are you doing, man? Nothing. Just chilling. Killing. True. Cold. Oh, man. Awesome. Rich is going to be joining us shortly. He's a behind. All right. But this is going to be a fun, uh, fun discussion. You know, you guys had some awesome discussion while I stepped away for a second. I came back. You're talking about. Video games and, yeah, I and like, oh. well, I mean, I mean, you know, we were just talking because he was he was going on and about something, and I completely have forgotten it because I'm exhausted. Um, but it was, well, it was I, think, I think we were talking, we were saying, uh, we, we were talking about video games. You were talking about how, how like you had Atari 2600, but I was talking about like right. when I for me, 
gaming um, was the experience of going to an arcade. Right. Like that's what I experienced. Like it was like going to the arcade, wasting your money, putting the quarters in, hanging with your friends, your buddies, seeing the girls and stuff like that. And just that whole whatever that that whole experience was, that's what I remember. I held home, you know, I eventually did have an Atari 2600. Also, I think I had a Coleco version and also Nintendo. But it was a different kind of experience, like being at home. Even when I was hanging with my friends, it was such a small number that for me, I missed that that thing, just the group going into this massive place and just just hear sound, people, just insanity all around you. Also, the the graphics in the arcade back then, like your your home system couldn't even touch it until, uh, so so I used to work in in video games a long time ago. It was uh, not until the, uh, the Neo Geo came out. And then you had the actual arcade in your home, but I mean, God, I remember Pong. I remember having Pong. Remember, like it was like it was like oh, a yeah. controller, this massive, <laughs> and I was like, think, think, and I thought that was the greatest thing ever, man. <laughs> well, but you know, and and then like I like I was saying earlier, you know, now you 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 can experience it to some extent, but it's not the same. You know, you can go to like no. oh, yeah. Dave and Buster's. You can go to places like Barcade. Which well, are made specifically for that nostalgia, and yeah, yeah, um, it's a different nostalgia though. It, it's like you go to play. Like I love Galaga, you know. You, oh, you yeah. go to play Galaga yes. in Dave and yeah. Buster's. It's yes. not the same, you know. No, it, no, it's, no. Leo, I'm not. I'm not justifying it. What oh, I'm yeah. just saying is that's the closest people can get, but it's not yeah. the same. Like I remember when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I went to a birthday party at an arcade, and. Yeah. And me and my friends, we were committed to just, and I was so mad because the real Ghostbusters was not working that day. And as a Ghostbusters fan, I'm pissed. Hey, Rich. Um, We were committed to playing the, um, it was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, game. As far through as we could get. And we took down Shredder, Krang, the, the Triceratons. Like all this, and eventually we were just like, okay, that's it. That's just that's too many foot ninjas, way too many Ultrons. That's it. But, we're done. But, we're did you, you got like minutes. Let's get nuts. But, but could you have imagined that video games would be to the level that they are today? Like in my mind, I never could have. I was into comics, so for right. me, comics were like, oh man, it was the greatest things ever. But never in my mind, I looked at an arcade video game going. Oh yeah! At one point in time, video games going to be where people can make millions of dollars on, and they be well, these massive tournaments. I never well could have foresaw that. Well, I mean, Ever. it's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing with superhero movies. I mean, you know, back well, yeah. in the day, yeah. you know, Superman, Batman, um, yep. you know, those were such gambles because people are like. A superhero movie? Like what? It was Hammond as Spider-Man on TV, dude. That was a great moment for me. I was like, oh my God, Spider-Man. Doctor Strange, the old Doctor Strange TV yeah. movie. I'm taking it yeah. back, man. The 70s and, one? Say it again. Yeah. The, the, the 1970s, 1970s movie? Oh, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Red, Red Brown. Red Brown is Captain America with the plastic shield. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed all Maybe. that. I grew up on all that. Yes. I mean, yes. We're gonna, if we're gonna do that, then we gotta also mention Roger Corbin's. Horribly faded, Fantastic oh. Four. Oh, um, they tried. Yeah. Come on, they tried though. Yeah. That was the thing. I, I my yeah. heart goes out to that. But they they tried to do on a budget. Like what was it? Four million, I think. Was it four million? It was that probably was that high. 
Let's be real here. It's probably it's right of course, it's probably about one million. Um, probably yeah, it might have been one million. Could have been back then. I think four million might have been too high for all the real you know, hey, uh, it's it's it, they you know, Leo, you know what, Leo? I want to say this. I never liked you. And I hey, always thought you were short. The real Ghostbusters. Okay. No, I, I, I was gonna say that uh so the uh what the hell is the name of the place? It's up in New Hampshire. They they uh-huh. tout themselves as like the world's largest arcade. Um, yeah, yeah, Leo. I, I have all the time in the world and all the gas money to just drive to New Hampshire. You know, I'm just gonna just gonna get my little car and you know you know uh, just you know, uh, I'm gonna Mario Kart it the way you know just start. Well, well, if you if you ever vacation up there, Drew, now you know. Yeah. Well, you know what? Hey, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't have the budget to to vacation. People assume just because I'm from Westchester, I've got already a summer home in the Hamptons. I get it, man. I get it. The okay. funds. The funds. They oh. used to have the Virgin Pictures Museum up in uh, New Hampshire, wasn't it? Or was it Vermont? No, New Hampshire. Vermont. Vermont. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice place, man. That was a real nice place. It's so, called Fun Spot. Now, now speaking, Frankie, <laughs> of, of, of taking uh, comics up another notch, now, I'm certainly aware that you had a project where you worked with Universal on both the uh, Hulk and the Doctor Doom ride. And from what I, yes. at least from what I read. Yes, the rare, the rarity. <laughs> you, you, you had, you had, in, you had uh, some interaction or, or, or some input on the project where I guess it was the video before you got on the rides. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It was for, it was for this company. It's closed now. It was an animation studio called Olive Jar Animation. It used to be located mm-hmm. in Brighton. Olive Jar Animation did a ton of stuff. They might have done some stuff for MTV back in the day. Remember Liquid um, TV or that Liquid, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, I think I think um, they did stuff like that, but they also did TV commercials mm-hmm. and um, and and some other stuff, some other animation stuff. A lot of stop motion, but also they did 2D animation. And then uh, okay. so I when I when it came on, when they brought me on, I was freelance. They brought me on to do storyboards and uh, some concept work. But also, you know, I was doing just illustrations. Like I remember one of the gigs I did was uh, uh, a commercial for a fruit fruit by fruit by a roll up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was they were like Frank. Yeah, and they said Frank, uh, we need you to draw a bear, and it's a campground, and you know, and then these kids are sitting in the campground. We need you to draw that all out. And I was like, okay, and I just drew it. They took my picture. A couple of like, I think a day or so later, they came back with like a diorama. Like someone had literally did a clay diorama of everything. How would wow. actually? Do it? And I was like, ooh, you know. <laughs> and so, and then I would go into the set sometime and see them how they built the sets and everything. But yeah, so mm-hmm. anyway, for the Universal job, that was one of my last jobs, I think, with um, all of Joy at that point. It was um, they 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 asked a bunch of people. They were like, okay, we want you to draw different things. So I remember drawing some uh, versions of the Hulk. And then, they, and then also they had me drawing um, mostly vehicles and things like that that were going to be in it and stuff. So they had everyone drawing different things, but then they brought me in and they had me drawing um, uh, Zeppelins and all kind of crazy stuff. I remember I had to sign an NDA for, from Universal. I remember that. Of course. But um, overall, it was just like, you know, I, I was just some person that they brought in among some of the other animators and stuff, just drawing a lot of concept stuff. And then... Uh, did, did you get to have part, like a viewing at the at the house where uh, you showed the finished video? And you're like, that's mine. That's oh, no, mine. I think they they had the video. I think they had the video there. We saw it there. We I never got a copy. Oh no. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of bummed. I'm kind of bummed because I remember there was some other stuff that I'd done 
uh, some work for. And I never, you know, I never got to see uh, the finished product. Well, get an actual copy of it. Like I remember doing this. Um, they had me watching Akira, um, which I loved. I was like, cool. But they wanted me to sort of emulate the city scene when Akira comes on and it looks like a mountain from far away, but then it, you come up close and it's a city. Well, I had to sort of draw something to emulate that because it was for a Doritos ad. I think it was cool. a Doritos ad that was going to air in Asia. And um, cool. and well, they were doing stop motion. I remember that. And they said, okay, Frank, we need you to build, we need you to draw the build, the, the city and then we need you also to draw like the Mecca. Like it was going to be like this construction site and it was going to have this, this sort of weird Mecca kind of device that that's a building construction device right. so i had to draw that and and i think that was it i think that was it and so what happened was i drew some images and stuff they took my images blew them up on like massive plexiglasses die cut them <laughs> yeah so like that was the that, that was the thing that i loved the most working at olive jar for the time that i did was that i got to see my artwork from 2d be transformed into another form Right. by these amazing artisans who would just be like, okay, yeah. for that particular one, it was like they took my stuff, die-cut it, it blew it up. I went on a shooting set, and then they, they had already built the figures and stuff, and so they were shooting light through it. So it was almost like it gave the effect of Akira. It was all layered out. Oh, wow. And it was nice. mind-blowing. So I would see my work being done by other people, and I and I would just hang back. And then, of course, I did storyboarding and stuff, which I, I love. I love sequential art. Right. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that was that that my foray into um, what animation. It was for a little bit. I think I was with them. I I just come from uh, out from doing um, some film stuff. I worked on two films that were in in Massachusetts. One was uh, Next Stop One Next Stop Wonderland. That was the big one that made it nationally. And then um, and then the other one was one called Squeeze. The first one was Squeeze about some three kids in Dorchester, and then the second one was Next Stop Wonderland but with Brad Bird. The director and i remember being on the blue line with brad bird where he was just like walking me through the scenes and stuff and i'm uh, and people like staring at us while I, I got my sketch pad out and he's like okay frank all right i need you to draw this scene where that there's such and such protagonist the lady's being pushed around and i'm like oh my god and i'm just drawing like a madman while he's talking to me and i'm just like you know like a transcriptionist or something <laughs> at wow. the time so that was pretty cool and then after that that's when i did animation and then after animation I found my way into advertising. That was the nope. big time. That was in the big time play. That was like big time. Like mom and pop, like, okay, kid, can you draw this stuff? And you know, you'll get paid, but you gotta, you know, crush deadlines and make sure things looks nice. And oh yeah, I learned a lot from advertising. Hold my beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that too. <laughs> Pretty much. So, cool. so Frankie. You know, you worked on on Hulk, so I mean, definitely you, you had some Marvel knowledge. So, what mm -hmm. uh, in terms of comics? What were your faves? Like, what 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 were you reading when you were growing up? Well, as a kid, I mean, for me, I've I've always been a huge fan of um, man, giant robots. I love giant robots and I love giant monsters. I love okay. the monsters overall. I mean, the Universal monsters, the Wolfman, right. the Invisible Man. We just finished watching Invisible Man the other day. Uh, Claude Rains, uh, yeah, Claude Rains, and um, and the classics. But also, I love giant creatures. I don't. I just started from dinosaurs and then worked my way up to Godzilla. <laughs> and I, so you're, Frankie, since since you live in that era, um, yeah. which of the Shogun Warriors did you have? 
I think my mom got me Mazinger. Yes, I believe it was. No, no, sorry. No, I had Radine at the time. My mom got me Radine, and I remember getting the Godzilla. I had the Godzilla Shogun Warrior, which mm-hmm. as a kid, who knew? I, I destroyed him. <laughs> I, because, well, here you go. I always tell this story. Because you're a kid, man, and I was one of those kids where I, I, I did some crazy stuff. So what happened was I remember my mom got him, and I was shot his fist off. And I was like, I was like, oh, man, he's not like Godzilla. So I took a lighter. And because he had the tongue that could sort of shoot out, and I lit <laughs> and you lit it up. <laughs> I was like, yes. And I, I destroyed my toy. I destroyed oh, it. It happened. Because he wasn't like the Godzilla on TV. So I lit that up and destroyed him. And I think, I don't know whatever happened to Radine. And then I had the smaller figures as well, the die cast. The die cast metal ones, I loved. I Because they were metal. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a real robot. This isn't plastic. This is a real robot. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish, so, if I could go back in time to that young Frankie, I would be like, dude, don't, 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 <laughs> don't put my toy on fire. Yeah, somewhere or something. Yeah, I would have shown him. Definitely find that shooting fist wherever it went. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. I mean, I, I loved them, but it was more like um, I did. I loved, well, I used to watch Preach Double Feature mm-hmm. on uh, mm-hmm. WOPI 56. I grew up in Boston. And so, uh, yeah, Preach Double Feature, Godzilla, Gamera. Uh, Johnny Sokka and his flying robot. Uh, I mean, man, Force Five came on that that changed my life. It was anything that was into that, and then so when Marvel Comics released the Shogun Warriors, that blew my that was like another thing because I mean, I was reading comics. I think my very first comic was a Spider Man. I got um, you know, it was like this small little store. Some guy had converted like a school bus into a store down my street, and I remember walking, going in, and there was a spinner rack. I was like, ah, and then I saw Spider-Man. I saw a Spider-Man comic, and I picked it up, and I was like, oh, I was like, ooh. And I grabbed that, brought it home, tracing it, doing, you know, the classic story you hear people. I always drew when I was a kid, and my mom would come home with paper bags from groceries and be like, rip, here you go, draw something. And I would just draw. So seeing that Spider-Man book was the first start. I would say that my very first comic, but then after that, when I saw the Shogun Warriors, my mom took me to Child World and Denim, Denim Mass. Going into child world, all of a sudden this massive like rack, and then the first book's coming, staring at me. It's like, like Shogun Warriors, that picture of the Raiding standing there. I was like, that's I want that ma. And then she she got that for me, and I was like, oh my god. I remember staring at it for hours because I I couldn't believe that Marvel Comics was doing something that I loved. That was the thing. It was like, yeah, there was there was the Hulk, and I love the Hulk. I love the Fantastic Four. I love all those other characters. But seeing mm-hmm. something that I really, really was into, like Creature Double Feature, the giant robots and mech, and, you know, super robots and Godzilla, right. that stuff. And then Godzilla came out and then it was just like, OK, you got it. Nice. So it was a possibility that I could do that in the future. Mm-hmm. That was my whole point. Like, it was just like, oh, my God, I could do they, they actually will. Somebody may be able to do more stuff like this, you know, in the future. <laughs> I, I love seeing that you're still so, excited about it. Oh, yeah. There are yeah. artists that at this point I'm sure you've run into that are like, it's just a job. But- yeah, it's 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 weird because when I worked when I worked in well, my thing was I, I can say I'm very fortunate that when I went to school, when I grew up in Boston, um, I took advantage of a lot of programs. I'm glad that I had mentors in my life, people who saw um my potential, even as as when I was young, because you're a young person, you're just like, oh, I'm gonna do a bunch of different things. I thought I was gonna go in the military. At one point in my life, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to military. I really wanted to go in the Air Force. 
that was my whole, I was like, yeah, I want to be in the Air Force. And I was, because my brother was in the ROTC and stuff, and he went off to the Army. But I was like, yeah. And then my mind was just changing. I was in that point in high school. But then I had some great teachers who kept looking, and they noticed that I was really, I loved English. I loved science. But I also loved drawing a lot. Even though I did my homework and stuff like that and whatever, but I loved drawing. And they, they were just like, well, you know, Frank, you know, you can make a career out of it. And I didn't believe that. I was like, I don't know anybody that does, you know, that, that makes money drawing. And then I remember one day they had like a huge assembly in my high school. Uh, and they brought this guy in who did illustrations for the Boston Globe. He also did other stuff too, I think, other things, but it was mostly sports illustrations. And he came in and I remember all the rest of the kids were kind of like, they weren't really paying a lot of attention to him, but I remember I was really focused on what he was saying. So mm -hmm. after the whole assembly, I went up to this guy and I looked in and he was pretty well known. He was really well known. He, I remember him, he did an image of Larry Bird with a pigeon body, but it was Larry Bird's head right. on it. And it was incredible. It was amazing, incredible penmanship, everything. And I remember just staring at it and he just, he did some other, he had other sports, because mostly sports artwork illustrations. But I remember that I was like, wow, you actually get paid for this? And he was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, I, I get paid for this. And I was cool. like, wow. And so that was like, that was like the start of it. And then from there, I, I started jumping into programs. They started putting me in the program. They were suggesting, I had people, teachers, suggesting me to go into these programs at the time. And they put me in a mass, there was a mass uh, college of arts program that was on the weekend. On Saturdays, right. I remember going in, doing that. Um, they put me in this program called the ORC, which was Occupational Resource Center. So it was like mm -hmm. half day of school, but then another half would be at this school, this place where you just focused on a trade or a skill. So it was like, for me, it was illustration. So I would go in there and it, that, that's what I would do, was just illustration. And then after that, um, they, they, uh, they, I, was, I, got, I ended up getting a scholarship. And I, they were like, where do you want to go, kid? And um, I was like, I don't know. And then I started getting these schools. Like um, the the Cubit school reached out to me, and oh, um, awesome. I was like, "Wow!" That was one of the schools that reached out to me, and um, I turned them down. <laughs> I turned them down because I was I didn't want to I didn't want to leave Massachusetts. I didn't um, want to live in Jersey. Didn't I didn't want to Jersey. I was afraid. I was afraid. I didn't want to leave my friends and family. So then I said, I, "I'm going to be at a school that's more closer." So they so I did some tours of. Um, of uh, the uh, design school, there was a design school, the architectural school I went to, and I was like, I'm not an architect, nowhere near that. And then Butera School of Art popped up, and I remember going in there, I was nervous, and the guy was like, he sat across from me, and he just said, okay, kid, let me see what you got. And I was fumbling and stuff, showing all my stuff, my still life. Right. I drew my bag, I think I drew my duffel bag as a still life and whatever, and then I put up comic book page, and he said, oh, so no. Nah. And he said, well, here's the thing. He said, in this school, we teach artists um, to work. And I was like, work? And I said, yes, sir. And he was like, no. He said, no, we teach you to make money doing what you want to do. It's, it's art. Right. That means you get hired. You're like a contractor. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't, we don't, we don't, we're not going to teach you to be a starving artist or like an artist who wants to have your stuff on a gallery. If you want to, right. if you want that, you, you can go to some other schools and whatever, and I'm sure that they can help you with that. But we're here to teach you how to make money being an artist. And I said, okay, that's it. And they said, all right, here we go. Then you're in. It, nice. If and only all colleges. Yeah, it did. My happen. teachers were hardcore. I think I had one time, one of my, one of my classes was like to go to the Museum of Fine Arts. And it was one assignment, like 
just to look at an artist thing, Goya or something like that. But then after that, it was like, nope. You, they said, anything else you want to learn about card history, you can do it on your own time. Here, we're going to train, we're teaching you so that when you leave here, you can work. You can be able to survive, make a living as an artist. And, you know, if you choose to learn other aspects of art, then that's on your, that's on your nickel. <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay. And all my teachers at that school worked. They were in the field. They did, some of my teachers did artwork for Parker Brothers. They did games. They did fashion art illustrations they did they were just all in it doing stuff making you know doing great stuff that they love doing making money and so i they eventually kept pumping that into my head they were like you're an artist you, could, you should be making money doing what you do yeah so i was like okay amen to that right on mission <laughs> mission accomplished yes yes, yes. and here you the are hustle had to be there though that was the thing after i graduated from school it was like a three-year school after i graduated i was still I wasn't making anything. It was like took me two mm -hmm. years before I finally made the leap into actually getting some work. I said, please, I said, just one job, just come. And if it sticks, I'm, I'm jumping on it. And I did. And that was the film work from production studio in Waltham. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So now I have three questions. The first okay. one being, is it Godzilla or Kong? So that's the first one. Uh, the <laughs> second one. Who is your favorite kaiju overall? Oof. You know, in your guys' right. account. And okay. then the third one being is if Marvel reached out to you and said, We have this project. Oh, I love um, this. You know, that's you know, it'd be what you want, giant monsters and stuff. I got the answer already. Already. Yeah, cool. All right. I, I was gonna say is who is the like what would be the thing that you can see yourself being like Wow, I'm gonna draw this. This is like amazing. All right. All right. So, so okay, cool. Answer however you want. All right, I'm gonna say I'm gonna actually honestly. Oh man, for the first one, God, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Kong, King Kong, and okay. here's my reason behind King Kong. I just feel that Godzilla originally my Godzilla that I loved was a show I ever got Godzilla, where he started off where you he was sort of like. This thing that came up, you sort of—he was almost like a uh, a sort of analogy of the war. Like he was human beings that that, that caused this thing to, to sort of strike back, and this thing comes out of the ocean, and then right. it confronts man, and it kind of battles man and stuff like that. And then over the years, Godzilla became almost like a hero. Um, I, I just think that now, as time went on, Godzilla has become such this massive force that I've kind of been like, uh, I've gotten, I've kind of lukewarm with Godzilla. Um, I've, I've loved what King Kong is. I like how Kong is, how they do in Kong. Well, I think Kong has a little bit more depth to the character. I think that, um, you know, the island and the fact that he's battling all these different creatures, he's trying to find his place, especially the new stuff that just came out with Legendary's Kong. I really love what they're going. I'm actually more excited to see more of that. Like when, they, they, when he had the world underneath, I was like, oh my God, I'm psyched for that. Yeah, I do respect Godzilla. I, I think Godzilla is great in a certain aspect, but I think that... I'm a little tired. <laughs> I'm a little like, all right, I can take a little breather yeah. from Godzilla a little bit. Okay. Um, so I would say King Kong on that one. Let me just say that okay. Kong, King Kong. Now on the second one, uh, Gamera. Okay. Now I I I've always felt my totem has been the turtle, the tortoise. Um, mm -hmm. I always see myself like that, like the tortoise and the fable, where the tortoise took his time to win the race. I'm I'm always been about the marathon. You know, those hairs running by, run hair run. I'm gonna take my sweet time and I'm across that finish line. 
for the right mm-hmm. time. So anyway, Gamera has represented the to me the Ronin. Um, he's this warrior that's sort of out there um, battling these 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 things, these creatures or whatever these enemies, and it's like this endless battle. He'll never be rewarded. Uh, or, or for his actions, he'll just keep battling until he eventually will be destroyed. And I something about that. I just there's, there's a romantic kind of thing about that. So I've always looked at Gamera, especially the later the uh, what do you call the uh, is that called the Hensei Le- Le- Legacy, where they did the newer films where he he was like you know they finally explained that he was created by this uh, the people whatever the ancient civilization the battle against Gauss. And that kind of thing. So I actually love that. I was like, oh man, that's cool. So Gamera's got this this sort of Ronin warrior. So anyway, that would be Gamera. And then the, the project that Marvel, oof, all right, immediately Red Ronin. <laughs> In my head, I said that would be the thing. Red, if 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 I could, if, if Marvel said, okay, if you could come and do Red Ronin, um, make it almost like a a, a story where say there's a because they got their multiverse or whatever, but say you have a universe where um, it's almost in the lines of like how Mazinga Z, like Red Ronin would be almost like Mazinga Z. He would be like the super robot of this, this, this world. And then you have all these kajus and various evil scientists and, and, and evil robots and that kind of thing. And, he, and Red Ronin is sort of battling um, these various menaces and stuff like that. So I would see a world like that. That would be, that would be my story. Um, an homage, literally, to what uh, Doug Munich and Herb Trimpey were doing with the uh, Shogun Warriors. And Godzilla okay. series, it literally so because that's, those guys. When I look at it, you took these Western guys, these guys from the West, who took something, looked at it. They didn't. They didn't copy what Japan was doing. They literally just said, "Okay, we're going to take this and we're going to give our Western feel of what this is, what we feel this is," and they right. made something amazing. I would love to do that. That would be what I would love to do. I would. I wouldn't want to try it. I love the fact that Godzilla didn't look like Godzilla. He looked like Herb Trimpey drawing Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's beautiful. He made a cool Godzilla. He made a Godzilla who was like punching, <laughs> fighting, the, fighting the, the, I think he what, his, it was his, the Avengers or the Fantastic Four. I think he battled the, some of the champions. I mean, it was great. It was, it, Devil Dinosaur. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it would be Red Ronin. It would be definitely Red Ronin okay. comic. There you go. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully one day Marvel decides, eh, let's give, let's, let, let's give it to somebody a shot. And They'll have your number. I don't know. I ain't gonna hold my breath on that one. <laughs> but yeah, let's but see. At least you know anything can happen. Anything. Yeah, can happen. yeah. Anything. At least you know that you be like, all right, these are my conditions. Yeah. Okay. If they say yay, I'm like, it's the best damn day of my life. All right, let's do this. I I think I think that it's amazing now that what we're that right now we're in this gold rush with so many indie creators putting out stuff. I mean, I, I look at. I, I love Marvel. I love DC and I love them all. I love all the combo companies and stuff like that. But we are right now in this massive rush of incredible amount of indie creators out there that are just yeah. bringing amazing stuff. And I mean, this has happened before. I want people who are out there who are seeing this, please understand. We had the underground comics back in the day. What was that the 60s? You know, I mean, you had horror comics. Marvel was part of that. Marvel, actually, the funny thing is crazy. Marvel was part of this. That was the whole shift, too, the change when Stan Lee and those guys started starting to bring stuff, Fantastic Four, and all this crazy stuff started coming. I feel like we're right now in the cusp of that right now, going through, going through with, like, some of the new stuff that's popping up, you know? So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, think, I think this is a fantastic time. It, it definitely is. And it's funny that you bring up, like, the properties, because while I... And my co-hosts here talk about 
you know, the nerd news, the new movies and whatnot. I'm sure at some point, Leo, we're going to talk about the Quantum Mania trailer. That ah, amazing. Like yeah. Um, I kind of find myself missing when you had the non-Marvel DC movies. And it was funny because I was watching a review and somebody brought up um, The Rocketeer. And I was oh, like, oh shit. right. That was a great movie. And that is just... And that came at a time, that was Joe Johnson directed that. Yep. That came at a time when, again, comic book movies weren't really still the norm. And yep. you you watch it and you're like, wow, this yep. was just so well done. And it just completely fell under the radar. And I think yep. that, that you know, those gems, like that. The Phantom. The Phantom. Oh yeah, the fan, uh, I remember watching the Phantom. I had that ring, man. I had that ring. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That was an amazing movie. Billy Zane. Oh, yeah. So you had that. You had the Shadow. You had um, Mystery Men. You had uh, yep. original characters like Sam yep. Raimi's Dark Man. You yep. know, he got his due in the comics. Oh, um, you know, I had, like weird movies like the Mystery Men, and then even um, hell, even if you want. Medium uh, man, <laughs> did medium man make it in there? <laughs> yeah, Hello, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember medium man, absolutely. Yeah, probably medium man. Medium man. Uh, <laughs> you know, when he showed up in that Disney original movie with superheroes, I was like, that's I'm done. Meteor man, <laughs> um, no, I just you know, even movies that weren't even like uh, what was it like Ghost World, um, yep. even. Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy, I always considered right. as a very comic book sure. Sure. movie, you know, especially, uh, I mean, you brought you brought up Learning yeah. to Draw and you said that, and I thought that uh, Chasing Amy Tracer's argument, and I was like, yeah. oh man, you know, no, no, you're not an artist, you're a tracer, you're an inker. No, oh, you're tracer. Tracer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, <laughs> you know, yeah, most kids, most kids learn, I'm saying kids, when most kids, like little kids, when you're just learning, sure, you go through the process of the tracing, but eventually you don't want your life to be a replicator. You know, right. I've used that term too. I've told them, you know, I've said, hey, look, you know, um, when I worked in advertising, sure, because you're, you're doing work for a client, you know, they, they, they're, they're like, hey, Frank, you got to make this look like the actual product, <laughs> you know? So yeah, you, you got to make it look like the product. That's a replication. Um, but ideally, when you're talking stuff like comic books or anything that's a very creative market, you don't want to become a human copy machine. Right. You want to be original. You want to have your own voice. And, I, and I'm always adamant on telling artists that have come to me, like, have your own voice. You know, you must understand the fundamentals because there are fundamentals, you know, on the perspective, composition, mm -hmm. layout. Yes. But your voice is your own. I mean, you can sing whatever voice you want to sing, as long as you understand how the song is going to is laid out and stuff like that. I'm sure. Yeah. Now, being someone that's it's worked with both the uh, you know like the Marvel and the Independence, Frankie, um, mm -hmm. when you like when you worked on the Marvel sketch cards, did they allow you to have your voice, or were there a lot of edits and something like that? Well, well, I worked on the Marvel licensing through Upper Deck, so it was right. through so, so it was through Upper Deck, and at the time, Upper Deck was pretty open. I I definitely was like somebody who I was like I'm gonna put characters in there that I know that no one else because in my head i was thinking this i was like i said look there's going to be a dozen different captain americas there's going to be a, a dozen of the more popular characters a dozen wolverines that stuff mm -hmm. i was like right. i'm gonna see if i can get a and and usually this is just this is just me i usually just follow that sort of mindset of like just do it and then until somebody says no 
I'm that old school artist. <laughs> I've done some stuff where I just go, oh, until somebody catches it. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll know if it's wrong. So um, yeah. I, I broke open my Marvel universes and I just started looking at old school characters and I put as many different obscure characters as I could in those sets. And people liked it. The only yeah. time I got shot down was when I put Red Ronin in. I had I, I put Red Ronin in and they were like, I remember Upper Deck contacted me and they were like, well, yeah. um, they, yeah, they said no. So I said, okay, I'm keeping them cards. <laughs> I said, they, said, no. they, they were like, well, you can't resell them. I was like, don't worry, I'm not going to resell them. I'm fine. No, no, this is exclusive for me. Yeah, me exclusive. So yeah, so I mean, I I I just I just drew stuff and they they were like, fine, cool. They 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 dug the stuff that I did when I was I got to work on what was it the Cree, the first one was the the Avengers Cree scroll set. I did a ton of cards with that. That was really fun. Um, and then I did Thor. There was a there was a Thor set. I did um, Captain America set. There was a uh, they had one called a Marvel. It was like booklets, where it was like sketch booklets, and which mm-hmm. I which you could fold them out. You could open the cards up, but they were like books. Mm-hmm. Really cool. intricate stuff. It was crazy. And um, I did those and for a little bit. And uh, they had women's. I think they had women's and stuff like that. So yeah. But still, there was a part of me that I, I still wanted to get on sets like that. I was really, I really wanted to be on, like the Godzilla. Like there was a Godzilla set that came out and I missed it. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, but I did make it, I, be, I did make up with the um, Transformer one. I, I was able to get on a Transformer set by Bregent Marketing. And they, they contacted me. They say, hey, yo, you know, you like robots? I said, yeah. And I remember at the time I had other gigs going on. I had like, you know, the, the life of a commercial illustrator, folks, you have multiple gigs. It's not like you have one gig. You're working on like, you know, so you got to really know how to divvy up your stuff. And I, it was a Transformers gig, you know, to do cards on. And I was like, I can't say no to that. So I remember. Nuts. Yeah. It, and, and but the problem, well, the, the thing was, I remember they were like, well, you you had, well, originally when they sent the, the, the um, the form to me explaining all the characters you can draw they were like well you can only draw the characters from the movie at the time the movie stuff and then you can draw a few of the g1 and i was like Ooh. <laughs> because i was like oh so so i did a big segment a big chunk of the movie ones but then i done i, I did a bunch of seg, you know the g1 stuff the g1 i could have just i could have done all of my set on g1 i was i was so excited for just to do that so i got to draw the dinobots you know yes Oh, you get yeah, Leo excited Frankie, now. He's like, yeah. G1, yeah, Dinobots. Yeah, Frankie, if you ever have an auction where you're like, oh, I'll draw this, this guy right here, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pond, will contribute. I, I, got over here. I got somebody right here. Who's this? <laughs> oh, that's one of the Insecticons. Oh, yeah, the original ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, always, I always got a few of my characters, some of, the, some of my, my characters, some of the uh, Transformers around. Uh, I've been uh, collecting some of the newer ones, and, and my wife. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Wow. Inspiration, man. Inspiration. Absolutely. (laughs) Got to have your toys. Oh, you got to. Oh. Yeah, Leo is perpetually trying to control his buying more, but then just someone has to release something. He's just like, what do we do? I said, well, how long do you want your wife to be mad at you? Oh. (laughs) Well, she, she she understands. So, like, uh, like my Transformers. You know, uh, when I moved out, I sold my entire collection so I can make. Wow. Them. 
you know. Yeah. You got to pay rent, you know. It's, uh, I get it. See, that's it. That's a collector. That's a cool collector right there. Right on, man. So, I mean, the, the Transformers I'm collecting now, you know, I'm collecting, like, the newer ones, but it's only figures that, like, characters that I had when I was a kid. Oh, I'm yeah. still, I'm still, I'm still in pain because for me, I, I do have figures, but I love our original artwork. Yeah. And at one point, I was hardcore, hardcore collecting original artwork, and I had at least forty pages from the Shogun Warriors. Oh wow, comics, right? Signs, mm -hmm. many of them signed by Herb Trimpey. Times got oh, hard. Wow, I didn't wow. sell them, man. I still get pain from that. I, I got a few drawings that Herb Herb did. That I still have like a Godzilla head, and he, I got a rating sketch nice. card. Those still leave me with a little like that pain. Like you go, oh my god, they're out there. Yeah. And then yeah. also, but see, also, I mean, as I told people if you're going to be a true collector, you got to understand that it is an investment, and hopefully, maybe one day, you know, if, if things get rough for you, you can sort of flip it. Like I remember buying a collection of Shane Glein. Remember Shane? You know Shane Glein, right? I do not. Oh Shane! Oh wow! Shane Glein did a ton of like uh, character a character work on the Batman animated series. Okay. He did Kim Impossible. Worked on Kim Impossible. I mean, he was hot at one point, like back in the early I think two thousands, late in mid mid two thousands. We'll say that he was his work was hot, hot, hot. And I remember there was a massive eBay um, sale for his work, and I jumped on that. I got that. And uh, yeah, it was a nice turnaround. It was a good, good investment. <laughs> awesome. it, 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 it's always so funny because every once in a while, like there, I'll just for for hell of it, I'll be like, you know, let me just look up original comic art pages, yep. you know, things like that. And then, you know, sometimes it's a private seller, and sometimes it's the artist himself, and he's it. and I'm just and I just play the game where it's no, hell no, yeah, not in this lifetime. Maybe if I sell a kidney, yeah, um, yeah, and 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 very rarely do I ever was like, oh, and then I'm like, no, I can't, because I yeah. know, because I'm like, ah, rent is a son of a bitch, yeah. It's but the other end of that is thank, thank God now these artists are getting paid for their work. Yes, True. well, I I think that now one of the things about it is that I think that artists are are, are, are starting to see their worth because I think that's what many artists back then they suffered from. I think Stan Lee, like when I look about the whole like, the whole thing between Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, I took a step back on that. And I said, well, you know, at the time when Jack Kirby came back to Marvel and was working on Fantastic Four and all that stuff, he was well known. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was pretty well known. So think about that. Let's just say hypothetically in another universe, what if Jack Kirby had that thing that Stan Lee had? Like Stan Lee, I think, was aware. Like he understood business. He understood like, oh, yeah, I'm writing but also, you know, you got you got to get paid for your, your stuff. I think he had a, a fine understanding of that. I wish Jack Kirby could have understood that. I wish Jack in another universe. I feel like there's a Jack Kirby out there, another a variant, where he looked at them and said, "Well, here guys, I'm Jack Kirby, and if you if you don't want to, you know, work with me, then I'm out." You know, and and I wish that he could have had that. I wish that he could have just been like, "Well, I'm this good." Cause he was that good. He at the he, he was, was at the top of his game. He had he had the powers. He had the power of the fandom behind him, and because the level of his work. And I just feel that 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 he didn't utilize that to his to benefit him. Because sure. he did. He could have. He that whole fourth world thing. That could have been his whole thing. You know, like you know, hey, I'm gonna do my own fourth world thing. What are you gonna do? Right. I, I, think I, I feel that if he could have had what almost what Todd McFarlane those guys had, 
before yeah. they, they, they did their thing. And imagine if they had did it, like guys like him, they would have been producing stuff like crazy. There wouldn't have been no shutoff time. There would have been no late books. Yeah. <laughs> they would have no, just been stuff out. Unfortunately, Frankie, there's got to be hundreds of stories like that. Like we've had um, yep. Athena Finger in talking about her grandfather, Bill Finger, of course. Yes, yes. And uh, unfortunately, he had a very tragic end, but he was yes. a brilliantly talented man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and guys like him and like Jerry Robinson. Um, I mean, they, they paved the way. I think right. I think that one of the things that my teachers taught me was that as artisans, we are creative folks. I'm a, I'm a creative person. I love, I, I, I do. I, I love that fact of creating something and then someone looks at it and they look, they get this, this feeling, you know, and they go, man, you know, wow, I, I, I this is incredible. They get whatever emotion or whatever. I, I love that aspect. But mm -hmm. I'm so fortunate that I had teachers who also were like, well, this is the reality. This is the world that we live in too. It is a capitalist, you know, society. You got to make money. You know, it's not, you know, you got to pay your bills. You can't just, you be like, hey, look, um, how are you going to get those supplies? Just walk into our supply store and be like, can you give me some supplies, please? That doesn't work. <laughs> you know, so the thing is, is that you have to find that balance between what you feel as an artist to the point of the reality of that we live in a world where you need to make a living. Right. And if that and then that means learning some level of business. Now, I'm not saying you have to be a, a business genius. I just think that th there's a level of common sense business that if you if you have an understanding of that, you you might be able to make it through this stuff. I've always considered myself that I'm in my rowboat. Well, not a rowboat anymore, but it's a boat. And I'm on the sea. And the sea is the art field. It's a massive ocean. And there's, and there's various inlets. And comic, book, comic books are an inlet. Um, I've worked on, I've done RPG game, gaming art illustrations. I've done artwork for novels. So it's like, those are different inlets and stuff, but I'm always able to get back into the sea and then and, and get on my boat and my boat just keeps, you know, future, sometimes there's been some, some, uh, you know, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the holes in the boat. Sometimes there's a little sprouts of water coming through, but I plug it back up, you know, whatever, just so I can stay above the water. But I, but I right. have an understanding of it. That's that, that visualization that helped me to get through so many of those rough times, those times where I was like, oh my God, is this it? Did I, what am I going to do? That kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I would just tell any artists out there that are listening, uh, creative folk that, you know, if you walk into it, first off, you got to be passionate about it. Please be passionate. I mean, really be honest with yourself and ask yourself, do I really want this? Because that's going to be the first thing that's going to, you know, drive you through all the hard times <laughs> you're gonna need that that helps you to keep smiling <laughs> through everything if you have that then you've already got the, the a major thing right there and then now start looking at stuff with a more realistic eyes not just the eyes where you're, you've got you know unicorns and stuff flying in your eyes and whatever like you look oh, i'm gonna draw comics or whatever well you also how much is that gonna cost you as in service depending on, on whether or not you're doing your own comic like like time, like how you're gonna be able to finance this this comic, be realistic about it, do your research, you know, do stuff like that, educate yourself. Or if you're gonna try to work for a major company or whatever, a publishing company, you know? Absolutely. And you, you've got your newest project now that got funded uh, via the internet, correct? Yes, two, twice. We had, here you go, this was the first book. Unfortunately, this one right here, you can't get. <laughs> anymore this is the first one the teaser the zero issue okay uh, oh, wow. cowboys came out in 2021 we had a kickstarter campaign and mm. it did very well we funded it it actually went over what we were asking so nice. this was a teaser 
Now, the, the recent one that we just had, I'm still waiting on my books to come in, um, is for issue one. This is where the story actually starts off um, mm-hmm. on issue one. And me and Matthew Blair are pushing for 12 issues. Nice. We're, we're, we're trying. We're pushing. We got the dream for the 12 issues. So that's our motivation. Um, but um, I'm already on issue five now, working on issue five. Awesome. That, cool. Now, where, where can people find that book? Well, right now is um, we had the Kickstarter. I mean, sorry, not Kickstarter, the um, crowdfunding, the recent one for issue one. Next year, that's when we're, we're looking because we, we we had to sit down. We had one of those moments because a lot of stuff happened. We actually were signed with a publishing company mm-hmm. um, and we we thought the publishing company was going to actually put our book out like this year. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. <laughs> and we were sitting back going, hey, what's going on? You know, we're going around, we're, we're telling people this stuff and whatever. And nothing's happening. See, this is where sometimes it's like um, you you got to sort of, you know, take a step back if you're going to try to put your books out and stuff like that. Maybe that might not be the avenue for you trying to be, get a publisher. We we tried to we signed with a publisher and it didn't work for us. And so because they just we weren't getting anything out. And we actually told them that we said, look, we don't want to lose the fans that, you know, had came on for this book. We don't want to lose them because we're just sitting around and waiting you know, to try to, when you guys are going to publish it. So we, we asked to get let go and we said, okay, me and Matthew sat back and said, okay, what's the plan Frank? So our plan is, is that we are planning on doing another um, crowdfunding next year. And then we're looking to get onto a platform where we'll be able to cool. sell the book. Honestly. Great. Nice. So that's the well, plan. That's the plan that we have well, right now. Well, okay. when that happens, let us know and we'll gladly share. And, and oh, most, oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing people know about me is that i do post <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's on tiktok like crazy and, and his art and you know is what? It's like I, for years people kept telling me about tiktok and i was always like i don't know and whatever it took me a little time and then finally i literally it was like i i just i got on and i'm like this is i, I love the fact of the instant um interaction Mm-hmm. Like being able to get that 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 response from people and stuff like it's so much more faster. And I said, "You got me. I'm hooked." And I love that you can tweak your your videos up and stuff like that. I'm like, "Oh, I love this. It's perfect." So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm three months in. I'm just I'm just learning the video editing now, but I'm having fun doing yeah. it. It is. It's fun. It's actually fun. If especially when you go in there with the mindset of like, I have a product and I'm marketing my product. Then yeah, it's a great tool. Use everything you can. Guerrilla marketing is an amazing thing. <laughs> absolutely and uh frankie i was wondering i was looking um one of your favorite visual artists it says was john byrne yes so uh number yes. one did you did, did you ever get to meet him no and, oh, <laughs> that's a, i just figured he was right in connecticut so not too far away and number two uh, did you get to see the she hulk finale which i felt was both an homage to both dan slot and yes. heavy john byrne yes Yes, yes, I did. Yes. Did you did you enjoy, enjoy that? that? I mean, I'm I tell people it's so because I get people ask me questions about all these these Marvel movies and DC and stuff. And I said, I'm the worst person to ask because I love it all. And I think, mm-hmm. and my reason behind it is that I grew up where the possibility of what we see now wasn't even a factor. Right. That I think that's the thing. It's it's tough for me to be, sit there and be like, I'm gonna like, nitpick every little I can't do that. I just enjoy it for what it is. It's like another part of it is that I've worked behind the scenes. I've been on the other side. 
You know, when you see that, like I'm the person who sits and looks at the credits and I smile because I see all these artisans who have worked and they're and, and they've worked on this product and it's all so I'm I'm a tough person to ask for that kind of stuff. I'm happy. Even if a movie's not even that that good in my eyes, I go, yeah, but you know what? They got it made, man. And it's cool. They put it out. They did they they got it out. Um there's thousands of movies that get made every year that Hollywood's pumping out, you know. Um, do, do I expect something to be so grand or whatever? I don't know, man. I don't know how the next thing is. I'm just happy that they're able to do it. I'm happy that I, that I'm still around to see the Hulk leaping and bounding on buildings and punching out aliens. I'm happy to see Captain America flipping, running through the street, flipping on a car, man. And then what, you know, I, I'm I'm just seeing She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. I remember the I having the Savage She-Hulk issue issue one, man. And now I'm watching a TV show with her on it. So I love it all, man. I tell anybody that I love it all. Loki, Wander, the Scarlet Witch, I, all that stuff, man. Give it to me. And, and if you it. haven't seen it yet, because I know uh, the writer is inspired you. Anne mm-hmm. Rice is the new interview with a vampire series. Haven't I'm, seen it yet. No. I'm three episodes in, and um, I, I'm not as well versed on Anne Rice as my Harley is. Too. But she's yeah. like, oh my god, this is Lestat from the book. And wow, the writing is is really oh, good. I so, can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think AMC put that out, but they they're doing a really good job. Well, that's yeah, on I mean, HBO, right? Or oh oh, oh AMC. no, it's on AMC AMC Plus. AMC Plus because yeah. I have AMC, but they won't. You have to get the Plus subscription. Yep. And so I'm like, mm, I gotta wait. I'm gonna wait a little bit until it hits on Amazon. I'll just get the whole series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta wait, man. I'm like, nah, I can't get any more streaming series. Come on, man. They're killing me. Uh, did you have a chance to see Black Adam yet? Nope, not yet. You're Black. the only one, Leo. You're the You're only one. one. Yeah. Uh, well, what happened was my my wife Jess. We we thought we we talked about it, and she was just like, "No, Frank." She's like, "Frank, I don't know. Maybe this is one that we could just sort of wait until it pops up." And I was like, uh, "I got a feeling because we're, we're saving everything for Black Panther, Wakanda forever." Yeah. Hey, look at I don't care what no one says, man. I, I'm just when I saw that that side the the, the, the the scene with Neymar flying, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, God. I I mean, double jump. Yeah, with his baby um, wings, with his little baby yeah. wings. It's awesome. Yeah. It's just like the comic back in the 1970s. I had a Neymar number one. Unfortunately, in the divorce, I had to give it away. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I gave away ten long boxes, Frankie. It, it, it was painful and not at a good cost either. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You got exactly. I tell people that's it. Like a true collector, you have to be able to understand it. it it's got to go. It's like you get it, you 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 love it, but when times get hard, <laughs> you gotta let it go. You know it hurts, man. That that's fine. I agree with that, but. Yep. depending on the collector and on how attached you are to certain thing, that's fine. Yep. And I know, cause I'm a collector myself and I know that there are books and I log every book I own. So I know yep. I'm like, if I had to part with you, fine. But there's some like over my cold, goddamn nerdy fingers. <laughs> you yeah, that is, yeah, I, um, yeah. But, but say like you, you were such yeah. a point, point where you really needed cash. I mean, you really needed it. Yep. Let, no, listen. I, I totally get it, and and you know, you speaking of Burn, I actually got to meet him, um, all right, in Boston about like, it was like 2018, 20, it was twenty eighteen. I got to meet him. He was, oh, wow. he was at Boston Comic Con, and I, and I couldn't believe it because I'm like, this is John Byrne. He's yeah, he's an old of the older generation. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, I heard some mixed stories. Some people were like, oh, he was really yeah. great. And some of them he's kind of a bit of a dick. Yep. Um, and so I always take that with a grain of salt because, you know, sure. um, but I was like, okay, you know what? So I, I'm standing online to meeting him. And, you know, I, I have him sign, you know, Man of Steel because oh, it's John nice. Byrne, Man of Steel. That's yeah. one of the de facto that. And uh, I'm a Hellboy fan. So I had, he did Seed of Destruction. So I had him okay. sign the first ones and we're talking about and whatnot. And he's, he's very nice, but I don't want to say he was a little checked out, but he was just kind of like, you know, and I'm just like, and I'm a, I, I sneakily, while he's signing my books, I snapped a photo because I have to prove I met him because I'm like, all right, well, you could just buy this if it's signed by John Byrne. Um, but it was still really cool and talking to him about Superman and Hellboy and stuff. Uh, but I was just like, wow, I met like, John Byrne, and the worst is I realized I had two books that he did, and I'm like, fuck, why didn't I bring them? They're never gonna get signed. Uh, so I'm just like, you know what, fine, still met him. So when we reviewed yeah. She-Hulk, I was yeah. like, man, this is great. But I will yeah. say this, Frankie, if you ever get to meet him, he does not like signing trade paperbacks. He likes signing issues. He has a thing about trade paperbacks. A friend of mine said that he met Byrne uh, yeah, he said oh, that wow. when he met him, he had like a John Byrne stamp. So if it was a trade paperback, he would just like, wow. I was like, wow. Oh, I was man. like, yeah. I was. Like, I just picked, I just picked up a bunch of his dooms, his uh Doom Patrol. I got his Doom Patrol run and mm -hmm. the uh, Doomsday. Remember his book right. Doomsday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I ended up grabbing those. I was like, oh, man, these are pretty interesting. So, yeah, I mean, John Byrne, to me, I always felt like he was uh, our version of, um, well, I'll say our, like, 70s and 80s, like, Jack Kirby in a certain degree. Not as not as wild as Jack was, but, boy, his level of cinematic. It was almost cinematic. Like, literally in your head, you'd be like, that's, that's the movie. Like, if they do the Fantastic Four movie, I go, well, yeah, you should just take John Burns page and plaster him up around the wall and do those scenes. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, he, he, I mean, man, I still bring his stuff out. I still pop it out and be like, oh, man, just stare at it and go, okay, all right. Now, let, let me look what all my pages are doing. <laughs> right. No, but it, it, it was, it's like, again, you know, if you get a chance to meet these people, you might as well. Yeah. I mean, I remember reading about what was it like the first comic-con you had leonard nimoy and jack kirby and i was like what i would give yeah. to be there at this crummy hotel and just say to these people you have no idea what you're starting right. i remember meeting kevin eastman earlier on when he did um in boston i remember giving him a leonardo i drew leonardo and and the picture was, you know, I, I it, was, it was what it was. But I ended up giving it to him, and he just was like, "Well, yeah, man, just keep." He was a really cool dude. He was just like, "Yeah, you know, just keep hanging in there, just keep doing your thing, keep the art and whatever." I mean, it was a great experience with him and stuff. I remember meeting Mike Mignola. I got schooled a little bit by him. He looked at some of my stuff, and he was like, "Just remember your positives and negatives with your inking." And I was like, "Okay." But the coolest was Joe Kubert. Joe Kubert was like, I was at it. It, it was weird. At this particular con. It was like Mike Mignola. Jim Lee walked by me. I remember Jim Lee. I was, I, I, I had a book. I don't know which one of Jim Lee's books, but I was like, hey, Jim. And then uh, he looked at me and he said, right over there, he pointed to the sign. It was like a massive, not signs, uh, line, massive line of people. And he was like, well, the, the line's over there. And I was like, all right, dude, whatever. So I stepped <laughs> out of there 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Was, see, my whole attitude was like, yeah, whatever. So I stepped away from that, and then that's when I saw Mike McNola. And Mike McNola said, hey, come over. And he started looking at myself and whatever. And I was like, hey, what's going on, Mike? And he, he said, just remember this your party. He's like, you know, you love using a lot of ink and stuff. And I was like, yeah, dude. So then that was cool. And then Jack, uh, John, no, Joe, yeah. Joe, excuse me, Joe Kubrick was standing up. And I walked over and I said, hey, uh, I, I don't know if I called him Mr. Kubrick. I probably did. I was young. Yeah. And he was like, hey, how you doing? He put his arm around me. He said, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm in art school and stuff. And I just my stuff. And you're incredible. And he was like, I said, yeah. He said, I see some potential. He said, just remember. And he just schooled me a little bit. But it was very, like, grandfatherly, oh, kind of. Awesome. And it was really cool. I was like, oh, man, thank you. I was like, well, thank you so much, sir. He's like, <laughs> but it was, it was really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 I only ever met Adam. He was very chill. I got to meet him. I never met Andy and Joe passed before I could meet All him. Right. And I was, I was like, it's Joe, you know, it's Joe Kubert. Like, yeah. Yeah. Joe Kubert is amazing. He was cool. He just was like the coolest guy. Um, Paul, before Paul Ryan passed away. And I, I got to speak with Paul Ryan and stuff. Paul Ryan was another person who I really uh, respected and stuff. I mean, yeah, you know. And I love when they're, they're just like, you just, you're just like, hey, they're just cool. Like that's when Herb Trimpey. When I got a chance to talk to Herb Trimpey and stuff, it was just I, I had to let him know. I was like, yeah, I'm, I was a kid in the projects, man, and and I had your book and stuff. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah. I said, you really just your work. Just it was just it was just really fun, and I love that funness. And I was like, and he was like, yeah. And he's like, I said, well, I like to just let you know that. I went to doing that, and he was like, "Wow!" <laughs> he just took it back, and I said, "Yeah." And I said, "So I said I'd like to thank you." And I got to talk to him on a couple occasions. He actually gave me his phone number at the time, and I was like, "Wow!" wow. Called him dad. I actually <laughs> joked. I even said, "I can call you dad." He was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Humble, just yeah. cool guy, man. And I said, "That's that's how I, you know, I I want to be like." I just I said, "I don't want to be like that," you know, like. My head's this high in the clouds. It's like, no, nah, man, I'm just a, a guy, and I draw, and I'm having a great time. And if people dig it, then that's cool. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it's funny. You remind me of the one time I got to meet Mike Mignola, and I was, and I got to meet oh. him at like an art show. Oh, and nice. I found out for like this thing. So I found out through a friend that he was going to be there. I'm like, oh my god. So I grabbed like a a a. a a sad bag and i was like okay i'm only gonna bring the essentials because he only has like a limit right. and uh, i like i got i got a train into the city i took like a cab from the from the the subway and i and i got there and you know it's an art show so there's a lot of people yeah. but he's sitting there it's just mike mignola and, I, and you know this is a con he'd have a line out the door sure you know sure. I mean? he's just sitting there and i asked him i was like are you mike mignola he said usually and I was like, what was and I was just like, and I was just like, wow. And can would you mind signing some things for me? And I had this old stuff, and I, I even got a photo with him. I was wearing a BPRD hoodie. Nice. And I hate myself because I should have. And I told him, I said, yeah, I would have brought some. Oh yeah, I would have signed it. And I'm like, the one time I show restraint. Oh. <laughs> oh. And, man. and and um. But I had a similar thing, and I was telling him um, one of the books he got to work on uh, introduced me to one of my favorite DC characters, uh, Starman. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He he was he was he was so cool, and it was just one of those things where I was like, man, I would love to meet him again, but I'm just like, it'll never happen like that. And you're just like, yeah, I'm so grateful. But God, it could have been. You, you well, can't ever think. Oh, it could have been even bigger. 
Well, I had I had a moment. I had a moment this past this past summer. I'm not ashamed to say about it. I had a moment at the Plastic City Comic Con. It's in Fitchburg, mm-hmm. right? So I'm I'm doing my thing, man. I'm talking and stuff, and 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 everybody and 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 people are coming by and whatever. And then this 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 guy comes up and he goes, "Hey, Frank, would you mind signing your your comic?" And I was like, "Oh, sure." And you know, I'm, you know, you're not thinking. And I just turn, I look over, and he has a copy of Brothers in Arms, and Brothers Brothers in Arms was this two issue comic that I had done with this with uh, a friend of mine named Chad Lewis way back in the nineties. And I just lost it. Like I just, I, I, it was an emotional kind of, cause I was just like, it's crazy to think that I had these comics that I did stuff that's out there in the wilderness. Like I've worked on a lot of various things that are out there in this wilderness and that it just came home. Like he had it and he just looked at me. So you're right. And I, I did, my eyes started welling up and I was trying to compose myself because I was like, oh my God, it's just, and this, this book brought, brought back so much memory in the newsprint, the, just the image of time, you know, I still got some of the pages of it and stuff. And it's just like, wow, man. And he said, he said, well, do you, do, 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 do you, you want it? And I said, no, 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 no. You hold on to it. And I signed it for him and stuff like that. But it was a very powerful moment. And it's, it's just taken to the point of like what you're saying, like when you went to go see Mike Mignola, how that must feel when somebody comes and truly comes. I mean, you, you truly are coming there and you're saying, hey, look, how you doing? And you're having a uh, conversation a rational conversation with them saying hey how you doing and this is what you your work has done for me they it's such a feel i can't even describe that that's amazing it's an amazing thing and when you're able to tell them that you know oh it's beautiful all right all right guys (laughs) give me all blubbering up here it is it's a beautiful that's what it's about that's what it's about man oh tears time tears time it happens it happens we we certainly appreciate your time man and i i I know you've got uh, several projects going on so is there anything besides kajus and cowboys right now that you're pushing oh man the 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 messed up thing about it is that the stuff that i'm working on i can't really talk about too much i can i can't say this i will be working i think there's going to be another i worked on an ultraman card set yes. so, that, so I, I, yeah so it's ultraman uh set nice. one and then it's set two that's going to be coming out i think they're going to be doing a crowdfunding now this is official too this isn't like it's it's, it's official it's official through rr parks cards and um and i think he mentioned that there will be a three like he's got the license to go for another three so i don't know when that's going to happen but, but I'm, he definitely wants to get me on the uh that one so that one's coming down the wire um i'm going to keep working on Kaiju and cowboys i'm going to be working on king cryptid Alterna Comics do one uh, uh, one of the issues and stuff, so that's happening. And then I think I'll be, I'll probably do. Let's see, this guy right here, Frank Gore. I think uh, there's going to be some more stuff with this guy. This is a comic that I did called Frank Gore. Oh wow! And it appeared it appeared it came out on a Wednesday to Alterna Comics. That's actually the character right there, and it's almost like a homage. Let me see if I can get it closer. It's an homage to the. I don't know if you guys remember King Kong Escapes. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an homage to that. Oh, right. <laughs> King awesome. Kong Escapes, Mecha, Mecha Kong, that kind of all that fun stuff. Nice. A homage, though. It's, it's like we definitely have, we're not, you know, not copying. I don't believe in that plagiarism right, stuff. Right, right. You just create something, create a homage to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. So, so uh, I, I know we need to wrap soon, but I, being a working artist, uh, yep. is there in our area, there are several large, you know, geeky, dorky companies that 
Like, mm -hmm. is there anywhere in particular that you'd be like, holy shit, like, you know, uh, you know, they offer you like a, a, a day job to do like the art in the house or something like that. Is, uh, is there any large company in the area that like, like, you know, I think of like Hasbro or Lego or. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I came close to doing Hasbro. At least I can say I what happened with Hasbro was um, it was actually an art director who I, I did some advertising work years ago and she ended up working at Hasbro. And um, I had to get surgery. <laughs> I had to get surgery. I think it was either my neck or my back. But either way, I think it's either way. Um, she contacted me to do work on a Captain Marvel project. Mm. And I didn't do it. Oh, so that would have been my chance to do some stuff with uh, Hasbro. So, uh, yeah, I missed out on that. It happens, man. So that's that's the rule of the game. Sometimes opportunities come and then, you know, and what are you going to do? I was like, I'm in pain. <laughs> I'm in agony and I can get your surgery done. So, yeah, I guess Hasbro would be kind of cool. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess Hasbro would be cool. I can't think So, of Leah, really what you're saying, would he ever consider giving up the independent life and working for directly for one of those companies? Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, give it up. Yep. Oh, like I did. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. No, no. I, well, I think well, you don't really have to give it up because, uh, you know, yeah. you can always do side jobs with, with uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's, like it's tough because I, I've been doing it for so long, freelancing. It's funny. I had that conversation with my 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 wife and stuff, and I was like, I, I'm a lifer when it comes to freelancing. Yeah, I don't think I can yeah. I, because now I've been in it. I mean, I used to when I when I was in school. I mean, I started working when I was 12. And I had various jobs, and then the longest job I had was the one I when I was I did security. I was a security guard, and that that was at that 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 fine point because I was the did security while I was going to school in art school. And I remember my um, sergeant they 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 brought me up and they said Frank. They said okay, um, you either have to decide what are you going to do. Do you want to becoming like either um, you know an armed guard or that kind of thing. Take it to the next level. And so um, my my. Uh, uh, no, not my sergeant. I got it confused. Not my sergeant. My uh, the, the the head people, the people who own the company. But the sergeant, my sergeant was a good friend, and he said, "Frank, he said you went to art school, right?" I never forget that. He said, "You you went to art school." I said, like, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, you're an artist." <laughs> he said, "Frank, you're an artist. You're not. You're not a." He said, "You've done a great job as a guard, but you need to you need to follow your true path." And so that's what that. And I was like, okay. And that's when I made that leap. I just said, okay, I got. I have to. I have to follow through with what I started off with because there were a lot of people that pushed for me. And that was one of those things where I had, I, I felt for myself, but also because I didn't want to, to feel like the, that I wasted these people's time. And these people who believed in me and stuff like that. So that's always been the fire that's kept me going. And I just said, now nah, I just got to keep my game up. I got to hustle, hustle hard, find the clients, <laughs> find them. So yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a lifer when it comes to freelancing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, before we let you go, um, wh what did you think of the Quantum Mania trailer? Ooh, loved it. I loved it. It's genuinely, yes, I loved it I, because it was one of those things where seeing Kang the Conqueror. You yeah, know, that's crazy. It's like it, I don't know about the rest. He of had the scar it? down his eye. That was awesome. Isn't it crazy? I think you gotta you gotta take you gotta take a step back and be like, I'm seeing Kang the Conqueror, man. And he, he comes hovering out. He just, you know, he's just like, hey, what's going on, man? And then there was one part of me where I, I wish Marvel had the rights to the Micronauts. Oh, yeah. But then, you know, how cool that would be? Oh. That would be cool. 
but it would be amazing. Right. But yeah, it looked it looked incredible. I, I like I said, I all this stuff gets me jazzed up, man. And then I know you guys. I don't know if you guys saw the Nick Fury, the um, Secret Invasion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. For that. Oh. I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm like, so when did he get replaced by the scroll? Like that's blowing my mind. Like, do you guys have a theory? Like when he was replaced? Like which movie? Was it yeah, Avengers? I, Not Avengers. I, I I think it's after Age of Ultron. Really? Okay. That's what okay. I'm thinking because he's been out of the loop for a while. Yeah. That's yeah. My oh, yeah he was. You know, because I because that's what I'm thinking. Like he was out of the loop. It's why he's been. You know, that's why when he he comes back, he's like, "What the fuck happened?" Like, Jesus. Yeah. That's you gonna know? be a mind one. That that's incredible. Or, but the fact mind i would love to be the fly on the wall just to see how they strategize all these films like the the marvel studios like do they have this wall this massive wall and they just like you know have everything laid out like i mean it's crazy some of this stuff oh man it's a lot of string and probably looks like the greatest crazy room person room in the world so i mean i love the fact that even they got kevin in there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the she <She-Hulk> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And even the, the thing looked like his hat. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. I mean, that's just wonderful stuff. It's just their hat. Their, one of the things that we can look back at, and I know, I, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm dragging some ears right now, but man, one of the things you can look at what's going on with the MCU, they are taking chances with the, the cinematography, the filming techniques, and stuff like that. Just take a step back on that. Like Werewolf by Night. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Oh my. Oh, I'm a big fan of Werewolf. I got I got the omnibus of Werewolf by Night. I remember where the, the thing that that the thing I loved about Werewolf by Night was I got into Werewolf by Night when he finally was getting control over the werewolf. Mm-hmm. So I missed so when the time when I when I originally got into the floppies of reading it, it was during that time when he was really getting in control of it. I had mm-hmm. missed all the stuff beforehand, which to me. When I read it, when I finally read it, I was kind of let down a little bit, just a little, just because I felt that he was getting his butt kicked too quick. Like, he, like he's getting beat by these bikers and they're beating the crap out of him. And I'm like, oh, dude, come on. He's a werewolf, man. Come on. He's, he's got to be stronger than that. But I love what the in the MC, what they did for Werewolf by Night in the, um, the Disney Plus show, mm-hmm. where you saw how formidable he was, how, mm-hmm. like, man, he can, he, he can, he can yeah. really do some damage. And then uh, the man thing, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Ted. Oh you, mean, oh, you mean Ted? Ted? Oh, Ted. <laughs> well, they may. You know what? I think what Marvel does is that they throw these characters out and then they see how people who don't know anything about these characters. Because honestly, uh, Jess, she knew nothing about these characters. She didn't read up. She didn't grow up reading comic books. Like when she first saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm sitting there going, telling her about Guardians of the Galaxy. She was just like, oh, wow. That's what's his name from Parks and Rex. And I said, mm-hmm. my feeling with, with the fandom is I try, I feel like you got to understand that when he do these movies, they already know that we as a fandom, even if you have an issue or whatever, you're going to go see it just out of curiosity. You're just going to go whatever, see it. It's trying to fill up the re- to get the rest of the people who know nothing about this stuff into those seats to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reality. Let's, let's look at the reality. It's about making money. Studios have to make their money. So when they create these things, they have to make it in a way that people are going to look at and go, wow. Like her first thought when she saw Man Thing, she's like, I want a Funko of that character. That's her first. And, you know, I'm like, what you want to, you know, she, she's like, yeah, I like, she likes the way Man Thing looks. Yeah. You yeah. haven't read no Man Thing books. She just, and I'm like, she represents 
probably the rest of those means of other people out there who know nothing about this character, but immediately they see this character, they see him act a certain way, and they go, wow, you know, I want I want to see more of this character. And I think that's how Mar Marvel saw that the MCU looked at it. They go, well, we're going to start seeing Man-Thing stuff now, probably. Yeah, we, we like pushing, because we, we always go over like a comic book story, and we prefer yep. to push like the more independent or the smaller characters. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, we still occasionally will do Batman or Superman, sure, like a major... Sure. But, uh, you know, we like doing Jack of Hearts and Werewolf by Jack Night Hearts. and Moon Knight. And, oh. uh, you know, and of course, we've had a bunch of independent artists. We had uh, Bob Takak in here and we yes. had Ben Goldsmith. Um, nice. You know, so we definitely support the independent artists. As much as we enjoy the major stuff, we, yes. we enjoy reading about the independent stuff, too. It's important. It is important. And, and, and I'll say again. There, there is a, a market. There are people out there, a lot of independents who are doing kaiju-centric stuff. So, again, you know, for the people out there who love Godzilla and they love Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and they love Ultraman and stuff like that, please continue with that. I'm not saying don't, don't read that because I don't have the power to tell you not to get it. But I'm just saying that there are many of us out there, myself included, who also are putting out some really cool stuff. We feel it's cool. And, and, and we, we hope that you at least take the chance. On, on those products that we're putting out. Yeah, and that's absolutely. all that matters. Absolutely. And yeah. Frankie, are you doing any cons anytime soon? We're... No. I think, I think the only thing you're going to do is like, I, I, I'm, I'm sticking with Plastic City Com Comic Con. No. You know, it's funny because I'm, I'm planning on doing a video where I'm going to show all the, all the badges that I got from my con days. I did a lot of cons. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Damn. I did a lot cons and i'm just like I, i'm reaching at that time where it's like cons have changed a lot and uh, and i'm, I'm loving i'm yeah, starting to love yeah. i'm glad to see the smaller ones it, it well it comes down to nickels and dimes man it comes down to the finances man let's be honest i've, I've been honest Absolutely. and i'm like you know for the people who can still go to cons and stuff more power to you but if you got to buy some tables and you got to travel and stuff like that you gotta somehow make a profit Absolutely. I mean, yeah. hey, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm putting that out there. I like smiling. <laughs> I don't want to have a frown. <laughs> Absolutely. At the end of the weekend, you want to make sure that there's a little, that bit, once. little, little bit of change that. to bring home to the honey. Yeah, I experienced that once at a show, and um, it wasn't a great feeling. It wasn't. It, it was like one of those things. Where, well, I don't. I did a book called Robot God Akamatsu with James Biggie, um, mm -hmm. back in 2013, 2012, 2013. And we got invited to come down, which was great. We got our tables great, but it still cost us some money for our lodgings and, you know, and, and, and just going down for the trip down to Philly. It was for WizardCon. I think it was Wizard. We went in there, and it wasn't a con for us. It just wasn't for, 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 our, for what we were. And, and, and I learned something. That's the, the experiences like that, you're supposed to learn from it. You have to look at it and go, well, yeah, things are changing. And if you're not, if you're, if you're not really known, like really well, well known, it may be a hard thing for you, man. <laughs> this sure. second, it could be a hard thing for you. So you gotta, you gotta pick your battles. That there you go. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. You were great. You know. You guys can have uh, back your ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and but, uh, I got something to promote. You got, you got to hit me up, and we'll definitely have you on again. Oh, most definitely, most yeah. definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and go back to sleep, Daywalker. I know the daywalker. I know, man. <laughs> Losing my power here. <laughs> um, hey, thank you so much, man. Well, well thank you. And uh, I, I 
a uh, friend requested you on Facebook. Uh, before we went live, you mentioned if we've had somebody oh, sure. on. I can do that? Uh, oh, wait, hold on. I, I forgot the name, but um, uh, if you can message me the name, we, we'd love to have uh, your, your friend on. You know, it's uh, oh Casey Culler. Oh, Casey. Okay, Casey Culler. He's a he's the artist for Transformers on IDW. Oh, nice. I'll shoot, I'll shoot him over. Yeah, sure. I can do that. Very cool. There you go. Awesome. It's, yeah, it's all about spreading the love, man. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Spread that love. <laughs> Making that TikTok connection, Frankie. Right on, right on. I love that name, Velvet Joker, too, man. I was like, who's this guy, Velvet Joker? Well, I, I cosplayed as a Connecticut Joker for many years. So now we've just transformed. We went from the podcast uh, new. There you go. You know. Well, that's what I mean. You're using the technology in a different kind of way. Think about it, man. You're able to get out there to maybe millions, thousands, if not millions of people right now. You Absolutely. know, that's a beautiful thing, man. This is what this technology was meant for. Use Absolutely. that. It's fun. <laughs> All right, guys. Time for me to get some nap. Peace out. Thanks, Thanks, so much, man. Thanks for coming by. Peace out, man. All right. Bye. Keep dark All right on. Oh, that was right. awesome. I, I I also just friend requested him right now. So yeah, it's really cool. Guy. I didn't want personality. to great energy. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um no. so uh Black Adam. I I I won't spoil anything, but yep, yep. I'd have to say I'm very happy to hear that. Like, I know last week we were talking about the friggin' um, Rotten Tomatoes score, um, mm -hmm. where it was you know oh it's gonna be trash, it's gonna be the worst movie ever, and after the opening weekend, it's The Rock's number one movie. This yeah. is like his best opening weekend ever. Mm -hmm. nice. and it it deserves it i i absolutely love it it's uh well, you know and again leo and I, and I said this to you yesterday when we talked um i just think that a lot of some of the bad press are just from people who aren't comic book fans you know critics are looking at it from a cinematic of a, a, a film point and some of these characters they have here the lesser known ones that's the point of it is it's to introduce them to a new um to a new audience. I mean, we know who um, Black Adam, Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, uh, Cyclone, Hawkman are. We know who they are because we've read those stories. The laymen have no idea who the hell these guys are. They just think, oh, look, it's an old James Bond in a blue and gold <laughs> suit. You know, they're like, what the hell? Um, you but know, yeah, again, and they introduce them with no backstory whatsoever, which I thought was awesome. You know, it's, you know, it's just opening the world, showing that there's more. Uh, and, and when they showed, I'm not going to spoil it, but when they were past the water scene, mm -hmm. um, nice the collection, the collection of, of, uh, Leo, just stop while you're ahead, man. You're not doing. Yeah, we don't even know what you're talking about. We don't know what scene. Oh, oh yeah, you're like, scene. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Drew. I thought you saw it. Okay. No, I didn't uh, see it, Leo. Okay, I, 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 I said, I was waiting. All right, you know, back, back to the other news. So we already talked about Quantum Mania. Yes. Um, I, I have to say, for a second, when it just, I just saw Bill Murray, in there, I'm like, oh shit, fine. Like, like it's just, I feel like. In this day and age, it is inevitable that sooner or later, most actors, not all, but most will end up in the MCU in some form or another. It's like the Hollywood 
the new Hollywood version of Law and Order. Everybody will get you know, at some point. Well, you know, and, and uh, going by the new trailer with uh, um, the holiday special. Did did, ever, did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I but didn't. let's finish off with the first trailer. Okay. The next trailer. <laughs> so, because I thought it started I'm off really fun. It looked like Ant Man was finally getting his like props. People were high fiving him. Yeah. Somebody fucked up and called him Spider Man. But in Thanks, general, Spider Man. He looked like he was having a good old time. Yeah. He got and the daughter, uh, award. And uh, what did, what's his daughter doing? She's just caught making stuff, causing trouble in the quantum realm. Right, Drew? Can't trust those girls in the technology anymore. What on earth? What was that? Sound like Drew got breaking news or something. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there is more breaking news. Watching the holiday news. special trailer. Talk. <laughs> Were you just finding out about that? Uh, okay, so so Quantum Mania, yeah. Uh, Cassie makes a uh, um, a signal down to the quantum uh, realm, and of course, uh, Wasp Senior freaks out. Yeah. And uh, and what they all get sucked into the quantum realm. And then we start yeah. hearing um, uh, what was the music? Uh, was... Ye- Yellow Brick Road. Yellow Brick Road, right? Elton John, yeah. Which is interesting because in Werewolf by Night, they also did sort of a ruby slippers type of yeah. You know when the color came at the end and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting that they're going that way again. Well, it's. I was watching uh, somebody's uh, take on the um, on the trailer, and, and it does seem to be like a a Wizard of Oz type of telling, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Pro uh, then, says, "Did you see the ant-sized version of the Ant-Man trailer?" No, I did not. All right, I just saw Leo. I just saw the holiday special trailer, and I have yeah. one word for this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 the Marvel universe is now zero degrees to uh Kevin Bacon, right? It it we've literally entered the the the, the this is what's gonna create the multiverse. And yeah. that's the thing I love about it is that that literally every universe will have a Kevin Bacon, so that's just so many more degrees. Oh yeah. multiverse Kevin Bacon. Yes, that's just that's a lot of yeah. bacon. That might yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so spoil, spoilers, if, if you have not seen the holiday special trailer, do not listen to what I'm about to say. So I'm going to give you like five seconds to like pause or turn it off. When you see my mouse stop moving, you can go back on. Five, four, three, two, I did, one. I just did the okay, so the Guardians go to basically kidnap Kevin Bacon because, you know, he's the dance-off machine. And it looks fucking hilarious yeah it does if i have to say if there's one thing i'm excited about it's the fact that we're going to have cosmo and rocket in the same movie and in the comic they are Mm -hmm. not friends so i'm but they're out in the trailer though they're chilling that's the thing i'm I'm really excited about i just want to see some of that comic book animosity like they're going to get together it's a christmas movie um but oh man this is going to be good Oh, I'm I'm so thrilled right now. <laughs> so, um, and listen, it's James Gunn. He he, this man's on a roll. Yeah, like, and 
let's 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 keep this going, please. Yeah, yeah. Need- so Drew, Drew, why don't you just barrel right through? Speaking of James Gunn, you must have heard the news about an hour or two ago. Oh yeah, the the DC. He's in charge of what DC animation or I think all DC superhero related things is between Uh, him and yeah. uh, So it's uh, James Gunn named co-head of DC's film, TV and animation division. Boom. And he is I'm trying to find Peter Safran. Yes, Mm -hmm. he is the other co-head. He's responsible for he was mainly producer of the Suicide Squad, the one that mm-hmm. James Gunn worked on, Aquaman, Flatliners, Buried. Mm-hmm. Um, he's currently working on The Nun 2, The Crooked Man, cool. Aquaman, the new Aquaman and Shazam. Um, he was a uh, producer on Peacemaker. He's he's done a lot of stuff. So, yeah, so looks like a... Dialed in. All right, he's oh. ready to go. Yeah. So Walter Hamada is out. James Gunn in. Yeah. Okay, so let's and see, you know, we'll see. With, with Hamada out, Cavill back in. Yes, that, that is the other news. I mean, it's with a hit, it's like three, four things every fucking day now. Boom, boom, boom. And curl, the curl's back. Cavill's got his curl? Yeah, he, he did a uh, TikTok. He said, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't wait till the end of uh, um, uh, uh, end weekend for Black Adam. He said, uh, I need- uh, uh, God, not everyone him. knows. Not everyone no, this knows. Is TikTok. This is his TikTok. All right. He's saying he wanted. Jeez, this is TikTok. Oh, he's mad at you right now. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Let me play his TikTok. But the interesting thing about Cavill coming back as Superman in DC is that we're not going to see him in a movie for at least two years. I mean, we might get a cameo, but he's got things lined up. He does. You son of a bitch! <laughs> it was, okay, I'm I'm looking for. It. I'm gonna find his TikTok. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? One he more. No, no. One more outburst like that, and you're paying all the gas next weekend. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> I've, got, I've, I've got to lay down some law with you. Okay. And and this is. I know the hit. The my friends are like Drew. This is coming from you, the guy who can't keep a surprise to save his life. I could spoil so many things, but I choose not to because I hate when somebody does that. Okay. So What's lock it up, Leo. Moving on. Hold on. I'm just, I was just explaining his TikTok. Just move on. Well, just no. Henry Cavill's back as Superman. We got it. Move on. Yes. And he's bringing back to Curl. Fine. Bring back, bring to, back curl. to Curl. Good. Yeah. So that, that's, that's a hell of a lot of news. We got new heads of DC. Yep. We got the Christmas trailer, Christmas um, special, Guardians special. Uh, it is. There's a lot of stuff. A lot mm-hmm. of stuff. So I don't know how will we ever have time to just talk about our comic briefly before we have to call it a night. Right, right. That comic that I didn't read. Great. <laughs> All right, Rich. Oh, well, Rich. Thanks for coming on. To see uh, you next time. Well, it, it, it's okay because uh, our our guest uh, didn't have a chance to read it either. Uh, but, yeah, um, he he. Uh, since I didn't get on early, he, he was not going to be reading it, so he he yeah. didn't have time. I'm surprised no, he stayed on as long as he did. 
no worries. Well, we, we can cover, you know, cover it quickly. Um, I'll listen and eat my yeah. dinner. Um. So basically, uh, the ghost stories, um, the, the first, it was a two-parter. Transformers mainly, ghost stories, right, Leo? Transformers ghost yeah. stories. And uh, the first part, it's, uh, uh, so I'll just read the synopsis. Uh, hopefully to put aside differences, Pura Magna and Optimus Prime uh, asked her to join the traveling to Cybertron. Uh, and basically as they're, you know, uh, trying to get to Cybertron, um, in the background, Starscream saw them uh, show up. He followed them, and he, for some reason, is being followed by the ghost of Bumblebee. And mm -hmm. uh, apparently where uh, Pyra and Optimus are talking, that's where Bumblebee died. And Optimus, oh. Optimus talks about the first time that he met Bumblebee, and it was basically when Optimus Prime was before he was a Prime, when he was a security officer along with Prowl. Uh, Bumblebee was a simple courier. He was jovial and, and he was just, you know, just fun loving dude. And, uh, you know, he starts having these nightmares and the, the nightmares just like compelling him to do stuff. And he ends up bringing these packages like for uh, he, he like finds a package that was in his dream and delivers it. And one of them turns out to be a bomb. And he he's so distraught that he blew something up and that he hurt people that he turned himself in and uh, basically, you know, turns out it was the Decepticons that were trying to fuck with him. They, they oh, were beaming, beaming a signal into his brain to kind of like make him crazy. And he was just randomly selected. You know, he said, oh, this gullible guy, we can just fuck with him and, and get him to, you know, do whatever we want. And, but they didn't expect him to turn himself in, you know, cause he's, he's the good guy, you know? And uh, yeah, so so that was about it. It was, uh, you know, just Optimus and Prowl trying to figure out what was going on. And then they hunt down. It turns out it was Shockwave uh, and Soundwave that were uh, behind it all. Those bastards. Yeah. Uh, Drew, did you have a chance to read it? Yes, I did indeed, sir. And what did you think? Um, I thought it was a decent read. Um, I, I, it did throw me off a little bit because, you know, I'm not as versed as well versed in transformers as I am other things. Um, so it, it like Bumblebee being dead. I was like, what the hell? When did this happen? And they're talking about stuff. Like I was like, my God, he wasn't a, he wasn't a prime from birth. I was like, he was just some sort of beat cop. Like what the hell is this? Um, the zombie transformers or Cybertronians was an interesting touch. Um, I did like this whole thing of, I believe, it was Starscream being haunted by Bumblebee. Yeah. Um, you know, just their little back and forth was cute. Then the same thing with Prime and this, his ongoing friction with this other Cybertronian over the Matrix. Um, <coughs> it, it was a fine read. Uh, I'll admit, I was a little, because I'm not as big of a Transformers fan as, as you are, Leo. I'll admit I was a little bored um, at times, but it still wasn't the worst thing we've read. Um, it was it was still decent, you know, still moved the story along and 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 whatnot. And then, of course, the ending where you have Starscream basically explain why he thinks he's being haunted by um, by uh, why he's being haunted by Bumblebee. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was it was 
still fine. So, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I have to say, this is the first Transformers comic that I've read in a long time. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, probably you know the G one comics. You know, it, it's. Uh, um, I was a big Transformers cartoon watcher when I was a kid, and obviously the toys. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not really well versed in, in the comics. Um, so we we sh should have probably went with your zombie Transformer one. But yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. it happens. We can't always win. Listen, I I lost big on that uh, Aquaman Prince of the whatever series. And hey 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 hey. No one's holding that against you, but you totally we, did. We, we don't all pick winners. It's true. <laughs> Every time. It's true. I'm sure I'll pick something that you guys will hate. You'll be like, what about, yeah, what about the secondary Transformer story? That wasn't any better? No, I, I, I like the first one uh, better. Uh, the second one was, was really... I found it really dull because I didn't really Thank have you. connection with those characters. Okay. Yeah, what it, said. Yeah, it, it was all, you know, Transformers. I had no idea their story behind. Um, yeah, it, it's just, yeah, I didn't care for the second story at all. Yeah, I, I agree with Leo on that one. I mean, it wasn't, again, it wasn't bad. It was just, you know, it was just a little dull because we didn't have the context. Yeah. So it was just, it was just an origin story. And it was like, okay, she lost people and it's a big deal and, you know, yeah, it, it was a lot of death, you know, um, the story after that, which I didn't include on the read was a little, little fucked up a day in the life of uh, uh, Red Alert. Yeah. And uh, did you get a chance to read that one? Did you? Yeah, keep yeah it was a little fucked up. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, it, it turns out it's like he's dying and he's essentially he's like having like an, a great day and. Uh, you know, turns out that it's, you know, them just, you know, letting him live his last day before he gets shut off. Yeah. 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 I was like, what? That's it. It, it was yeah. basically the Transformers version of Brazil. It was just, you're watching it and then you think it's a happy ending and then, oh no, this is an ultimate downer. Yeah. Like, uh, and he oh. realizes that at the end, he goes, I'm dying, aren't I? You know, it's okay. You can turn me off. And yeah. Yeah. But um, wow. you know, it is it is what it is. Like I said, it can't all be winners. But you know, that I think Leo again. The reason you kept it a little small this week is because you knew we were having a guest, and you know yeah. we want to make their time about that. So it's it's all good. You know. Yep. Yeah. Totally. And hopefully next week we'll it'll all be all of us back together. Um. You know, so uh, all four of us. Yeah. You know, hopefully. You know, but uh, but we had but our our wayward our wayward uh, Jar Jar has to make sure to tend to his flock. Yes, yes. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's the fall, so it's harvest time, bitches. That's right. He's he's trimming every day. He's getting uh -huh. that trim. Yep. Just. Yep. He's the he's the best unofficial special gardener we know. So so you guys want to um. Crowbar or Magnetron or Cybertron, this bitch? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leo, we'll just all spark this one. All spark it? Okay. Yeah, we'll all spark well, it. Uh, you don't want to do the Matrix of. Uh... No. I'm, no, I'm going with the Transformers I know, which was, uh, it was an all spark. Um, 
I'll, I'll just start. Uh, honestly, I'd say maybe two and a half, three. Because again, n- not bad. Like, but I did really prefer the um, meaning Bumblebee story because it did have some horror elements there. I thought the other story, like you said, Leo was it was good, but uh, I was I'll admit I kind of had to push myself through that. And then that red alert, I was like, wow, this is just great. But what the fuck, a down ending. So I'm going to pull a rich. I'm going to go with the 2.73532. There you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I I, I think I'm going to go with, uh, you know, Judging the whole the two stories together, I'm definitely I'm gonna go with a two. I mean, the Bumblebee story was 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 good. You know, you definitely had you know uh, some some great interaction with him and Starstream, uh, and you know he's just uh, an upbeat you know dude. But yeah, the story just didn't didn't get it for me. So I'll do uh, uh, two dead Optimus Primes. Oh God damn! <laughs> what, the original Transformers. Wow. <laughs> nice. I mean, I mean, Leo, were you that kid in the? Were you like uh, that scene in the Goldbergs where after the end of the movie, he's like, "No, he's going to come back. He's going to come back." Yeah. The movie's over. No, he's coming back though, dude. You don't realize that that was all of us in '86. That fucked up a whole generation of kids. You know, it, it, it's. They had to make way for the new toys, Leo. They had to. You know. I I know, but to kill so many Autobots, you know, is it's. And the Decepticons, they just got transferred into different, you know, like Megatron didn't die. He got transformed into Galvatron, the the uh, the um, uh, Skywarp and, and the others just uh, got transformed Leo, Leo, into Leo, sweeps. Leo. And... Leo, save it for the different podcast. Okay, calm down. <laughs> okay, save it, save it for your 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 as of yet pitched uh, podcast trauma trauma uh, co- uh, trauma cost. You know, tra- no, trauma cast. There you go. That's what it trauma. is. There you <laughs> go. You just, talk, you just talk about moments in comics and film and TV that uh, that just wrecked you. All right, cool, Leo. You got toys. We got it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All well, right. We'll wrap things up. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. You know, definitely. Uh, go check out Frankie B. Washington. All his information is shown us up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. For me, just Google Leo Pond. I run Dorkening Podcast Network. we got a ton of awesome people doing a ton of awesome stuff. Head on over to thedorkening.com. You can see all the episodes uh, there. And uh, we'll kick it off with Velvet Joker. Good evening, and I agree. You should definitely check out Frankie B. Washington's art, especially if you're on TikTok. Just look him up. Um, his art is really good. He's got a really awesome style and he puts regular videos out there of his artwork. So it's me, your man, Velvet J, AKA Rich Davis, AKA the Throwback King here every Tuesday on the award-winning Splash Pages, a comic book club podcast. And good night. (laughs) Mr. Drew. See, he already went to sleep. He agreed with me. Good night. I did totally agree with you. Good night. <laughs> you can find me wherever. You know, we say it every week. You know how to find me. Reach out. I promise you I'll say at least hello. Right now, leave me alone. I'm going to sleep. Yeah, he'll send you a middle finger emoji. 
Uh, Ghostbuster Man 1984. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. Forever. Bye. Okay.